Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, and the words are on the screen. In this passage, the Apostle Paul was providing a, a charge or a challenge to his young protege, Timothy. And Paul's words provide godly wisdom for all men and women. Paul writes this, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is the word of God. Well, it's a big day for the dads. It's a day where we honor our fathers. It's also a day where we celebrate all men, young men and old men. And so to do so today, today's message is titled, The Four F's of Fatherhood. Now, I want to start with a, a question for you. When you think of the letter F, what do you think? Well, I don't know about you, but I immediately think of an F on a test or an F in a class as in failure. F often stands for failure. It's a word to which I think we can all very unfortunately relate. And so the first F of fatherhood could possibly just be that. Failure. I mean, think about it. What dad hasn't failed? What man hasn't failed? You know, I know I've failed many times in raising my boys. Sometimes I overreacted to their misbehavior or a mistake they had made. I screamed my message of correction at them instead of simply teaching them a better way. When Adam was in high school and Brett was in college, I had a major failure. I tried to control my son Adam. I tried to live vicariously through his good ability at sports. And I ended up interfering in his life to the point where it hurt our relationship. With our son Brett, I did just the opposite. I was so hands-off with Brett that he probably wondered if Dad even cared. Adam got more attention than Brett did for a few years. And it was wrong. I failed. And the fact is, guys, we do fail. There are times when we fail our kids. We might fail our wife. We fail our friends. Well, the next possible F for fatherhood could be forgetfulness. Many husbands have forgotten a birthday or an anniversary. And I thought about having you raise your hand, but I'm not going to do that to you. But if, we, if that happened, if we forgot an anniversary or birthday, we likely paid the price. Think about this. What little boy hasn't forgotten to clean his room? He meant to clean it, but he just forgot. You know, we forget all kinds of things. Just last week, I forgot my mom and dad's anniversary. Sorry, mom and dad. And you know what? I've learned it doesn't get better. Most men would agree that the older we get, the more forgetful we become. A third F for fatherhood might be futility. Sometimes men experience futility. No matter how hard we try, things just don't seem to go our way. We can't catch a break. 
We try to be a good husband, a good father, a friend, and we, we still end up shooting ourselves in the foot. For example, you know, we wanted to please our wife by giving her that new ironing board for her birthday. And she wasn't thrilled. It's futile. Some guys want to give up. And then a, a fourth and final possible F for fatherhood would be forgotten. There are times in life when men feel forgotten. In our teens, in our 20s, we got dumped by a girl we really liked. She forgot what a good guy we were. Friends get together and we're not invited. We're forgotten. At work, we were passed over for a promotion that we deserved. Forgotten again. I know we could spend the rest of our time this morning talking about the failures and the forgetfulness and the futility and being forgotten, but I somehow don't think that would be a great way to celebrate Father's Day. And so instead, I've got a few better F words to celebrate our fathers and all the men in our lives. And these words actually come from our scripture reading of a few minutes ago, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. These words are an encouragement, but they're also a challenge. These words are helpful to fathers and to all men, and they're also valuable for women as well. In the first words of this passage, Paul said to Timothy, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Paul called Timothy a, a man of God. Think about that is probably the great, or that is the greatest compliment any man could receive. You know, the, the last few weeks I've been having a, a group of guys meet at my house, and we call ourselves the boys of summer. We're a very diverse group. The youngest guy in the group is probably around 19 or 20 years old. The oldest guy in the group is probably around 80. We've got guys in high school. We've got guys working or retired or single or married or dating. The married guys have anywhere from three years to over 60 years of marriage experience. And even with all that diversity, these guys have one thing in common. They're godly men. They are men of God learning how to become more godly, and they realize that it's a lifelong journey. We're always being taught something new. Just as Paul taught Timothy, he warned Timothy to flee these things. And flee is the first F for fatherhood this morning. But the question is, okay, what are we supposed to flee? Well, to find out, we actually need to back up just a few verses in our reading. In 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 through 10, Paul provided a list of things that we should flee. He spoke of people teaching false doctrine. He said those that do so were puffed up, craving controversy, producing envy, slander, and quarrels. They sought to be godly for personal gain. Paul also spoke to those who desire to be rich, he said they can fall into temptation. They fall in love with their money. They can fall in love with their possessions. Paul said the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. Timothy was to flee these things. And we are to do the same. We are to flee. 
Fleeing is critical. With pornography, just a click away, we have to flee sexual temptation. In a world that's becoming more and more divisive, we run away from foolish arguments. In our culture, we're taught to be materialistic. Culture says the more you have, the happier you will be. It's not true. Turn your back on the love of money and possessions. Fleeing can be very practical. Fleeing might mean that we turn off the computer. We don't look at our phone. Or we take a break from TV. Fleeing could involve the leaving of a circle of friends. And this can be really tough, especially if we've known these people for years. But if those friends are constantly dragging us down, we're better off without them. We might have to flee a workaholic lifestyle. Working 60 plus hours a week every week doesn't mean that we're a better employee, a better husband, a friend, or father. In fact, there are times it could be the opposite. If we work too much, it reduces our ability to be a good husband, father, or friend because we just don't have the time. Kent Hughes wrote that some of us need to indulge in some sanctified flight. Sanctified flight. Running from temptation isn't cowardice. It isn't easy. When we run away, when we flee temptation, we're actually showing faith and courage. The second F for fatherhood is forward, as in press forward. After Paul commended Timothy as a man of God and told him to flee certain things, Paul switched directions with his next words. Paul encouraged Timothy and us to pursue. He wrote, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. To, to pursue something is to press forward, to gain it or to achieve it. You know, guys, if you're, if you're married or if you were previously married or maybe you've just had a steady girlfriend, think back to that time when you first met. I'm guessing you pursued her. Guys, we were on our best behavior. We opened the door for her. We sent flowers. We did what she wanted to do, even if we didn't like it. And in a romantic moment, we may have, eaten, writ, may have even written mushy love notes. Our mind was focused on her all day long. We did whatever we could do to please her. We wanted to win her. And eventually, our pursuit ended up with us being caught by her. Of course, sadly, for, for many of us, the years brought change. Instead of showing the best side to our wife, she got the worst of us. <laughs> we figured God gave her two arms so she could open that door for herself. Flowers? Flowers just die. What a waste of money. Instead of dreaming about her, we became critical of her. We hated doing what she wanted to do when we wanted to do something that was much more fun, like sit on the couch and watch TV. We couldn't imagine being mushy unless it benefited our desires for later that night. Many of us forgot how to press forward, we stopped pursuing. And she noticed. 
the pursuit of a, a girlfriend or a wife is, is important. But Paul, in this reading, went deeper. He told us to pursue right living. Let's hear his last words again. He said, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. And, and those six statements, those six words, align nicely in, in three pairs. Timothy and godly men and godly women are to pursue righteousness and godliness. Righteousness can be defined as, as often as living life horizontally. We live life for the people around us. We should be fair. We should be considerate. We should think more highly of others than we think of ourselves. We put their needs ahead of our own. Godliness is a life that brings glory to God. It is to live vertically. We live for God. We're obedient to his word. Paul commanded us to press forward in faith and in love. Our faith, of course, is in Jesus Christ. We love others. We love those people who are difficult. We love those who disagree with us. We love with a sacrificial love. In Ephesians, Paul told husbands to love their wife like Christ loved the church. And Jesus died for the church. We also pursue steadfastness and gentleness. The word steadfast could be replaced with enduring. In, in other passages, Paul instructed Timothy to patiently endure suffering. Steadfastness means we don't quit, we don't give up. And we're also gentle. And in this context, gentle means to have a, a patient self-control as we deal with others. A father or anyone who presses forward in the areas of righteousness and godliness and faith and love and steadfastness and gentleness, will, they will set an example for their family. They'll set an example for their coworkers. They'll set an example for their neighbors and their friends. They'll be a role model. They, they won't be perfect, but people will see something in them that they can't explain. And, and what they will be seeing is a glimpse of Jesus. And that will draw many people to Christ. It requires effort. It requires intentionality, which actually leads us to our next F word. And the next F word is fight. 1 Timothy 6.12 reads, Fight the good fight of the faith. And when I read that passage, I think, you know what, now we're talking. Fighting, fighting is a manly kind of thing, right? Fighting is what tough guys do. I always wanted to be a tough guy. You know, in the past I've shared how I liked uh, some of the characters Clint Eastwood portrayed in his movies. In his western, the outlaw Josie Wales, Clint had this kind of snarl on his face, you know, kind of like, see, I could never be a tough guy. But then he'd spit out some chewing tobacco, and that's gross. I'd never do that either. But Josie Wales didn't say much, but his words were strong. Words like, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, and sons of uh, guns. Or, I really like this one. Are you going to pull those pistols or whistle Dixie? And then, we just watched this last night, so this is my favorite. Dying ain't much of a living, boy. Now that, that's a fighter, right? We probably know a few guys who are always ready to fight. Maybe that was you. Fighters often fight with their fists. 
or they fight with their words or their attitude. They like to pick fights. Sometimes they fight simply to win. They fight to prove that they are better than others. But Paul spoke of a different kind of fight. He wrote to Timothy, he wrote, fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. We are to do the same thing. We fight for the essential truths of the Christian faith. We stand for truth. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 4 through 6, it said that God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And then Paul provided an example of what that truth means. He said, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Fighting the good fight of the faith also includes teaching the gospel to others. In 1 Timothy 4, 6, Paul wrote, If you put these things, the, the teaching of our faith, before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. The good fight of our faith also pro involves protecting what has been entrusted to us. In some of the last words from 1 Timothy, Paul urged his protege to guard the deposit entrusted to him. To guard the truth, the words that have been given to him. You see, fighting the good fight of the faith involves standing on the truth. We don't bend or ignore or rewrite the truth of the Bible. We advance the gospel, we teach the good news of Jesus Christ, and we protect, we, we hold on to the word God has given us. And that brings us to the fourth and final word for fatherhood, which is fasten, as in fasten onto. Paul wrote, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The New Living Translation puts it this way, hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Holding on to, fastening on to, that is key to our relationship with Christ and the eternal life that we have received. If we've trusted in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've got eternal life. Eternal life is what happens to the Christian after they die, but eternal life also describes our life today. Jesus said as he was praying to his father in John 17, 3, he said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God. Eternal life is having Jesus in our life. And we are to fasten on to that. We are to fasten on to eternal life through Christ that there is no way that you and I can be removed. Think about it. It can be kind of like a a dog playing tug-of-war. Some dogs will refuse to let go of that toy for anything. And that is how we are to hold on to the gift that we've been given through Christ. Here, here's another example. Years ago when I was finishing a house, I glued some two-by-fours to a concrete floor using liquid nails. And later when I actually needed to remove that two-by-four, it was virtually impossible. I had to use a hammer and a chisel. You couldn't separate the wood from the concrete. We are glued to Jesus. He is our life. 
We can let go of other things, but we never let go of Christ. I want to close this morning by applauding all the men, young and old, who are here today and who are watching us online. You're taking a stand for your faith just by being part of a Sunday morning worship service. You're setting an example for your family. You're setting an example for your friends. And and again, we're not perfect. That's why we need Jesus. But guys, I encourage you to keep doing the right things for your family and for the glory of God. That is our legacy. Our legacy is a life lived for Christ. And so I urge you to remember the four F's. We flee temptation. We press forward in righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. We fight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we fasten on to the gift of eternal life in Christ. We give God all the glory, always and every day. But in this moment, I want to applaud you. To all the godly men, thank you. This time the worship team is going to come forward, and if you're able, please stand as we sing our closing song.